Welcome to the first installment of Engineering Money, the podcast where some full-time engineers give their two cents on the financial news of the week. We'll be uploading every Sunday afternoon, and we are so ready to get started. For our first episode, we'll run through some slightly longer introductions for each of us. Hey, I'm Ben Stryker. I'm a municipal civil engineer in Washington State. I uh, sort of see myself as more of a fundamentals trader that uh, leans toward the side of caution and making sure my portfolio is diversified. My name's Tim, and I'm an engineering consultant in Indiana, and I am an active subscriber to Wall Street Bets, so please only follow my advice if you want to lose money. And I'm Joey Sawyer. I'm a food products engineer in Minnesota. I'm a big sucker for the numbers, and I let them guide my trades. It's all about getting that probability edge. You always got an edge. <laughs> all right. Boys, boys, what happened last week? Well, let me tell you. The, uh, we got some new jobless rates coming out. And it's not looking good. About 5.5 million people were estimated to have filed for unemployment last week. Well, the week before last, um, which is less than the uh, the week before that. But this past week that we're talking about was only a four-day week instead of a five-day week because of Good Friday. So if you adjust the numbers, it's about the, the same um, number, which is about 6 million, I think. So it's a lot of people. Uh, yeah. You've had hey, and, and Tim, just for reference, for those who might not know, what's a regular jobless number reporting to see? What? You know, put, put these numbers in context. Six million a little bit or a lot? Oh, oh, it's a lot. Let me tell you, Joey. Um, during the 2008 crash, I think the, uh, the jobless rate was something like, 10% and now we're at like 20%. So that's a lot. That's pretty yeah, big. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're certainly living in some pretty uncertain times. Another piece and of news that came out last week, the International Monetary Fund, which is this uh, global group that takes a look at just overall economic outlook um, worldwide. And right now they, last Tuesday, the 14th, they forecasted that, um, this is going to be the worst recession since the great depression. Um, so the end is, is not here yet. We still got a long way to go. Um, the virus is still very active. Um, And right now, estimates from INF say that this whole crisis could cost the globe a cumulative loss of $9 trillion of activity in 2020 and 2021, which was some pretty bad news, which is kind of shocking because... I bet the markets are going to go up. Yeah. uh, The traders responded opposite of that. (laughs) Over the we're past we're living weeks. in some uh, pretty interesting times here. Seems like every time we get more bad news, stocks only go up. Stocks only go up. Well, 
as I heard on the uh, the Wall Street Bets forum, um, it seems like the Fed is timing the bailouts to be just before um, earnings. So even if the earnings hmm. call is bad, people are like, oh, well, they just got their bailout. So whatever, I'll buy it. And it pumps it up. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how else are you going to explain it then? Why is the market so irrational right now? Yeah, I guess. Should we talk about what's going to happen this next week here? Heck yeah. Joey, I, I think you had something, didn't you? Yeah, so for Monday, we're going to get a little piece of news. The Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, it's not the, the you know, federal Fed, that's just the Chicago Fed. <laughs> that's not how the Fed works. <laughs> the Fed is going to release its national activity index for March. And this is a kind of aggregate index here that will show a broad picture of how economic activity in the United States is going. And so it's going to be an interesting picture uh, in contrast with those jobless numbers that Tim mentioned, those we've getting week over week coming in and they're kind of blips, quick data. Uh, but this is going to be a, a larger piece that might see how the tides really are changing. We're expecting to see a decline, of course, that's uh, what global pandemics tend to do, but we'll see how that turns out. There's also going to be some, I mean, we are in earnings season. And so the, this week, it's not as big as other days in the week, but there's 58 companies uh, reporting earnings on Monday. There's a whole lot of banks. And I think historically, the financial sector is kind of hard to predict in that it's not like, oh, in a recession, consumer staples always do better because everyone still has to go to the grocery store. Financials, is, there's no patterns. So it'll be interesting to see what all these banks report. Yeah, and um, Halliburton is having earnings on Monday as well, which I will be interested to see. The oil, I baby. Oh, yeah. Well, oil prices are going, they have been going back up, haven't they? Yeah, well, they... So we, uh, we're living in a double whammy of a, of a crisis here with the coronavirus. Plus, there was the big issue a while ago where uh, was Saudi Arabia and Russia were not able to strike a deal to cut oil production. So prices tanked, then a deal was made, now they're back on the rise. Nice. Yeah, on Tuesday, um, Charles Schwab will be having their spring business update. So we'll, we'll get to see how they're doing amongst the crisis and crisis. And they, I mean, they're not too far off from acquiring, um, what was it? Fidelity? Was it? I th it was one of the it green was something. ones. Um, maybe TD Ameritrade. You know, it was TD Ameritrade. Yeah, they just <laughs> acquired TD Ameritrade. So um, we'll see how they're doing after that during all of this. And uh, the National Association of Realtors will be reporting existing home sales data for March, which is estimated to be 5.2% lower than February. So we'll see how this is going to potentially be affecting the housing market in the future. And some notable earnings on Tuesday are Lockheed Martin and Netflix, which, I mean, during, during these times, Netflix is doing pretty well. So... 
we'll see what their earnings look like. Yeah, another notable one would be Snapchat too. Uh, oh yeah, kind of a what do they wild do? wild card company? <laughs> wild card, yeah. You know, my my big thing with Snapchat is that when they they hit their IPO, they were like, "Oh, we're not just a social media company; we are a photography company." And so, <laughs> they, but then they they tried to say, "Oh, that's why we're selling things like the spectacles, the." glasses with video oh, yeah, cameras built into them. them and th- it just doesn't add up to me it snapchat is a social media platform do they still even sell spectacles i i don't think so hmm. remember when they tried to do the like snap cash thing and it would be like venmo do they still not oh they- i do remember that <laughs> yeah snapchat, i don't think anybody ever used that pack of oh. a wild card they do still sell spectacles, but they look even worse now. Oh, no. You look like an android wearing them. Actually, that could be kind of cool. They're so $380. Oh, my God. Just so that you can continuously record your sightings. Oh. <laughs> Joey, what's happening on Wednesday? Wednesday is going to be another index getting reported. Uh, the Federal Housing Finance Agency will you know, get some home price index, which is, I think a lot of people are kind of tracking to this with the way mortgage rates have been all over the place. They, of course, tanked when Fed, the Fed cut rates. And then it was a little wacky when they then skyrocketed up again because everyone rushed to refinance. So, you know, all this movement in the housing, housing market will also affect the home prices. So uh, we'll see what happens with that matters if you're looking to buy a home, I guess. And then even more earnings. We really get into earnings at the middle of the week here. Uh, 131 total earnings on Wednesday. Specifically one that I think is interesting because I interned there one time was Kimberly Clark. Kimberly Clark, uh, of course, makes paper products, including toilet paper, which has been quite the hot commodity during this coronavirus situation yeah that'll be interesting to see what happens have you heard about all the people that are trying to return the toilet paper and hand sanitizer now and no, that just refusing, <laughs> which i think is great why would They've you realize the error paper. of their ways because you bought you hoarded a bunch of it to try to sell it online and once you eventually go through it though why would you return it <laughs> no, no no people bought like like way too much. Fifty cases of thirty-two rolls of toilet paper. Like you cannot physically you cannot go through that. that. <laughs> Dry me. <laughs> but it, it, I think it's that was an interesting little scare there, where everyone bought toilet paper, and then they heard that there was going to be a shortage, so they bought more, and so that caused it to be off of shelves. So then everyone panicked mm-hmm. and tried to buy more. And the thing is, toilet paper just like. The trees are grown in Canada. They get cut down, milled, and turned to paper. It's a relatively short supply chain. It just took that short supply chain to get them back on shelves. And then people realized, oh, wait, hoarding was dumb. Yeah. Well, as far as Thursday goes, there's a lot of information that's getting released. Um, So the Census Bureau is reporting new residential home sales for March, which 
unsurprisingly is going to be a huge drop from February as non-essential construction projects have sort of ceased happening. Um, so a drop there would be pretty much as expected. Um, another interesting index that's also coming out is the Manufacturing and Services Purchasing Managers Index, or the PMI, uh, and that's getting released their April numbers. And this index is another one of those like combined index where they combine a bunch of different things that sort of shows the general business environment right now. So that'll be interesting to see uh, with all the stimulus checks starting to hit bank accounts. And then the last report that comes out is from the Department of Labor, and they're going to update their jobless claims again, this time for um, this next week. And as of right now, it's pretty crazy. So in the past month, 22 million people have applied for unemployment, which is absurd. It's, it's about double what we saw in all of 2019. So big times. Yeah. And, um, yes, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so although I will, um, there is one caveat for these unemployment numbers is during these times, people are kind of incentivized more to apply for unemployment because well, oftentimes um, during like non-crisis times, people won't or sometimes don't um, take unemployment insurance because there was an opportunity to find another job when they became unemployed. But with that not being the case right now, like you just, the people that were just told, Hey, go home. You don't have a job tomorrow. They can't go find another job. So that's why we see such a huge, it was just like an on and off switch where you're employed one day and then not the next and you can't find a new job. The real thing to keep track of then is going to be, you know, suppose we can flip that switch back on how many of these jobs are going to be easy to return to. Yeah. And that's true. I would guess at least half. Because that's just a shot in the dark. It's not going to be near the amount of people that lost their jobs because, I mean, several or a lot of businesses are gonna, aren't going to be able to survive this. Um, and, God, I hope the, the dive bar in Indianapolis that I like to go to on Thursdays stays open. I that's the real crushed. thing is those, those restaurants and small businesses because they tend to have really short uh, supply of savings. They're, they're yeah. not going to be able to last closing their doors for very long without yeah. help. Yeah, another, so. in, another industry that is going to be hit pretty hard that people don't normally think about is more high-end dining where carry-out doesn't really make much sense. A lot yeah. of smaller businesses that offer just sort of your average restaurant food um, you know, you can go on Uber Eats and a lot of them offer uh, delivery now, but places like steakhouses. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's going to go to And I've seen, it was so funny. I saw on Uber Eats the other day, Ruth's Chris <laughs> is doing Uber Eats and you can order their whatever super expensive 
filet mignon steak and have it delivered to you. Are which, they going to deliver you with the, the 500 degree plate that this guy Exactly. That's, that's what I was thinking too. The, the hot plate. And yeah, the, the high end uh, places yeah, they're where. They're going to be hit real hard. Yeah, because they can't even do things like that where they Granted, can at least get rid of some of their inventory, make maybe a little bit of revenue. It's not really right. an option. As far as, just getting, as far as just getting inventory down, I saw, I saw an interesting uh, article we're talking about. The, uh, some restaurants are now selling their raw ingredients. So it's like oh. buy a bag of flour from a pizza place, hmm. things like yeah, that. That'd be cool. Hey, I would buy pizza dough from a pizza place. It was pre-made, and I just got a chunk of it. I would do that. Well, uh, more stuff from Thursday to get back on track here. Um, It's going to be the biggest day for earnings reports, 153 companies. Um, Probably the biggest one among them is uh, Amazon, which obviously huge huge company, uh, still operating. since it's all e-commerce based, but there has been some interesting news over the past couple of weeks about their response to COVID-19. And I've heard a lot of things about how it's been inadequate. And then I hear that Jeff Bezos is trying to come up with a way to test all their employees for uh, the virus. So that, that will certainly be an interesting call. Um, Another notable one is Raytheon, which Amid all of this craziness, they merged with uh, United Technologies. Huge merger. That's a big um, one. And it's in the middle of this financial crisis, which I, I was surprised that they still went through with it. But uh, we'll see how they're doing um, post-merger and here. Wasn't United the bigger company? That's a good question. I think so. I think they had more divisions than Raytheon but now it's I think it's Raytheon Technologies okay yeah now and there are a few spin-offs coming off of it as well right yeah Otis and Carrier so they oh, spun yeah. off their HVAC uh, group and their and escalators <laughs> yeah uh, is it Carrier I think it's Carrier is their division that manufactures elevators and escalators no Ben Carrier is uh Air conditioning. Oh dang it! I keep Otis. Yeah, Otis I keep switching them up because I think carrier <laughs> should carry people. Should carry people. That's how I. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how I remembered it, but apparently it was incorrect. Just remember that, and then remember that you remembered wrong. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. And Eli Lilly's going to have earnings, right? Oh, that's going to be a big one because Eli Lilly actually just hit. I think it's their all-time high. They really bounced. They basically going into this economic downturn. Eli Lilly saw massive volatility and are now back on top. Well, yeah, they didn't even like drop very much. Yeah, it, it wasn't that that kind of V-shaped bounce that you see with a lot of the companies, uh, where we, we saw you know some of the worst week of all time and then best week of all time. That's an exaggeration, but it was a really V-shaped. Uh, situation whereas Eli Lilly it was just all over the place and now up yeah Mm. but 
Friday ending off the week, I think we're going to yet another uh, kind of potentially scary report. The Census Bureau is going to release it's a durable good report uh, for, for the month of March. And it's estimated an 11% decline. And that's in orders of manufactured goods. Uh, it's the largest monthly decline since 2004, if those estimates Two come true. So that's going to be kind of a key thing to watch. 2014. Think, oh, 2014. Excuse me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of yet another indicator of this broad economic movement that looks kind of scary. And it's putting us in this kind of weird situation where everything sounds and looks scary and then stocks go up. And I, I think we've been mentioning all, all these earnings coming out uh, along with these economic indicators being reported. And it's, it's those earnings that are, that are going to do the job of keeping people optimistic. There are also earnings coming out Friday, not as many as earlier in the week, but you'll see things like Verizon, that's a big one, uh, and some American Airlines will be. And that's, uh, that's interesting because the uh, airlines have been hit pretty hard with travel bans. Yeah, actually three um, airlines are having earnings on Thursday, which were Alaska, Southwest, and Allegiant as well. So those are big ones to watch out for. Nice. So <clears throat> the way we kind of want to run this podcast after we get through sort of what, what happened last week, what's going to happen this next week, we, we're going to come up with a couple topics that we're going to bring up and sort of discuss as three full-time engineers just to get our take. And the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is the retail industry. I saw um, it was a pretty interesting article that I saw in Barron's um, talking about the retail industry as a whole during recession times and the kind of interesting situation that this writer uh, discovered is that if you bought the S&P retailing ETF at the start of every recession and closed out the trade at the end of every recession, you'd have an, an annualized return of positive 12%. And that since 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 1954, retailing only underperformed in two, or I'm I'm sorry, in one recession since yeah. the 50s. And I'm wondering because because <laughs> now Amazon, this will be the first big recession where Amazon is kind of a key retail company now. I think that's a good point because it's, it's like, it's a different face of retail. You yeah. know, it, retail used to mean going into a physical Walmart. Now it means shopping on Amazon. So I'm wondering if that yeah. return will be even higher now that you can participate in retail without actually needing to go in and physically participate. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, something I want to talk about is Shopify reported that they were seeing levels of traffic comparable to like Black Friday every single day. That's incredible. That's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> Shopify 
and like other online retailers are seeing huge volume and they're like, it'll be interesting to see, obviously they're getting a short term boost, but is this going to help transition everyone who wouldn't have shopped online before to just shopping exclusively online or not exclusively, but more heavily, you know? Hmm. Yeah, so e-commerce stocks have been going up since this whole thing started in general, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how they, they fare after uh, earnings come out. But I think Shopify is going to keep going up. Whoa, that's big. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I just wanted to mention uh, real quick, there was um, some big news for anti-coronavirus drugs that came out on Thursday, um, Jaleed Sciences. Um, they apparently have some sort of drug right now that they're doing trials for. Um, and I, so there, there was a big upswing on Friday. Yeah, I saw that. They, they went up 10% right after open. It's, and it's because of this news on Thursday that, they, it was like an anecdotal report that said, hey, this could be cool. Um, but there was no actual scientific. Anecdotes are great. Yeah. And yeah, that, that'll be an interesting to want, one to watch this next week as more results come out of that trial. Um, because if they, if they get a big 10% swing on just an anecdotal report, once actual things start coming out from it, I, it could swing back and forth pretty, oh, pretty yeah. wildly. But that, that's all I had. Well, I think you could also see, like, if something comes out where their new drug doesn't work or isn't making any progress, they could just go down pretty hard. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody's watching it too closely with too much emotion. Yeah. The best way to trade stock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But what, what, like what I was talking about earlier with um, Shopify and online uh, retailers, I also think that large or owners of large public clouds are going to be doing very well as well. Just like um, you know, Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud, um, but they're already doing pretty well right now anyway, but I just think that's going to continue. Um, I don't see any reason why Amazon, Microsoft, and Google would slow down at this point. But the real golden pony in these trying times is Virgin Galactic Holdings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us it's more, actually, yeah, what? Tell us about that. Oh, well, it's... The ticker is space, S-P-C-E, and that's just it, that tells you where the stock's going to go, to the moon. <laughs> um, it had a huge rally back before all this started in February, and then it fell very quickly and very hard. Um, it was down to about, it, at its high in February, it was at $37, and it went down to about ten fifty. Now it's back up to 18, but really there's, um, they have 
they, they don't have earnings to justify any of their value. It's all on hype. And uh, I think it's great. <laughs> have they, have they uh, put out anything since the, since COVID became big in terms of how they're running? I'm not. Quite I'm just sure. curious. I haven't looked into it. Hmm. I just know that I'm going to buy next time it dips. Fair enough. I'd be interested to see how Virgin Galactic, how people talking about that correlates to people talking about SpaceX, because you know they're too big commercial space flight ideas, right? But one of them is a public company. So it's, it's, I think it's interesting just because everyone's all, you know, head over heels for Elon Musk or not. And then when he does something with SpaceX, Tesla goes up and then everyone wants to invest in, in a space company, but they can't with SpaceX. And then there's Virgin Galactic there, basically the same same type of game plan, maybe not colonizing Mars, but. Well, yeah, his is um, Virgin Galactic is more just based on um, it's just space flights. So getting from one place on the earth to another, um, but in space. So it's a lot faster. Right. And uh, the tickets are very expensive. Um, If I remember correctly, it's like it's over a hundred thousand dollars for a ticket. Ooh. So has anybody bought a ticket? I I actually think that they have. Yeah, let me, let me <laughs> do some quick searching if any of you want to talk about other things. Really had to get where they needed to go. Yeah. When is that those few hours that you saved off of your your private jet flight now in your space flight? Uh yes, here it is. Each ticket costs $250,000, and it is a 90-minute flight going to anywhere in the world. Wow. That's pretty cool, though. That's like fast traveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's mainly going to be just, like, extremely wealthy people who would pay for this. So, supposedly, they already have a bunch of people that have already... Um, black tickets. Wow. But the the issue is it's going to take them, they don't have a lot of the planes. They haven't figured out if they are safe for, well, they're, they've flown them, but they haven't tested them enough to bring a bunch of people up in them. And they only have so many. So they're going to need to make some more. Otherwise, they're never going to, it's going to take them forever to get through their backlog of people that have bought tickets. And at this point, it's kind of just a novelty thing. It's like, ooh, I can fly up in space. So. Huh. Definitely cool an interesting stuff. one to watch. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've had my eye on the healthcare sector. And I know we mentioned we're going to hear from Eli Lilly's earnings coming out. And I think it's an interesting comparison between another healthcare giant who reported earnings last week, that's Johnson and Johnson, because Johnson and Johnson just reported that they decreased their guidance 
at the earnings call and they boosted their dividend and then their stock shot up. It's like (laughs) really, really crazy. And then, you know, contrast that with Eli Lilly, that's just only going up. Uh, Johnson Johnson had more of that V-shaped recovery that I mentioned before. It's actually, I have the charts pulled up in front of me right now. Johnson & Johnson matches real closely to Procter & Gamble, whereas Eli Lilly is kind of an outlier. And it's it's like Johnson Johnson, even though they're both, Eli Lilly and Johnson Johnson are both pharmaceutical companies, Johnson Johnson is behaving more like a just consumer goods company. And it, it does sell consumer goods. And I think that's that's what's interesting. So for me, I'm going to be watching Johnson and Johnson and how it compares to uh, healthcare stocks overall. They don't sell any consumer goods. So so they I mean they sell stuff like baby soap you know oh okay but they sell like medicine and stuff too right right they also manufacture pharmaceuticals and so that's why they're considered a pharmaceutical company but they're even in the uh isn't johnson and johnson considered a family company (laughs) you're thinking of sc johnson oh my gosh oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but like uh, johnson johnson owns uh the Pucinthes, which makes things like prosthetic legs. And so it's, it's got its uh, hand in a lot, of, a lot of different industries. So it's interesting to watch a healthcare giant like Johnson & Johnson and how it compares to the healthcare market as a whole. Yeah, that will be interesting. SC Johnson family. Yeah, they uh, they're really rich, and you can't buy stock in SC Johnson Johnson hence uh, the family company. That's sad. How selfish of them. Yeah. <laughs> the gall. Do you think the way that Johnson and Johnson reported their earnings? Do you think that'll be sort of a trend? over this the next couple of weeks here where maybe the companies will be beating their expectations for the first quarter but then needing to add caveats in the mm-hmm. report saying yeah so we did fine this quarter but because of this pandemic we're going to see a pretty big decline over the the year earnings right well it's like the the name of the game is it's all just uh, relative to expectations. I mean, the, the stock market tanking like it did was everyone pricing in the fact that they're scared and everything's going to be bad. So if you then report your earnings and say, hey, things are bad, that's not a shocker. But if you say, hey, by the way, there's also these other things, then suddenly sounds good. Mm. It's always priced in, Joey. Everything's always already priced in. That, that's my philosophy, efficient. and that's why I just like to gather as many numbers as I can, choose a pattern to follow, and then put emotion to the side. Fair enough. Well, Joey, my philosophy is if you can't make a year's salary on a single trade, it's not worth making. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not at least a comma in the red, you're not doing it right. Exactly. All right, well, do we have 
All right, boys. Anything else? I think that's all we got for today. Uh, Thanks, everybody. I'm excited. Tuning in to Engineering Money. And we will see you all next week with some more engineering insight on market news. 